Our gracious God, we thank you that your word is so freely available to us in this country, uh, that we come before you uh, as the hungry for bread and the thirsty for water. Our Lord, as we review the year that has just passed, we want to give you thanks for your generosity towards us, and we continue to ask that you spur us on. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so highlights for 2019, in that sense, from the preaching series, we began the year with uh, our study in Colossians. We, team, we titled that study, Jesus is Supreme. I remember that we thought, uh, we are reminded that because Jesus is supreme, Jesus is also sufficient for all our needs. Uh, that's great to have a great God up there. Uh, and then this was followed by a time of uh, a deeper understanding of what is prayer. Uh, we had a look at John 17, the high priestly prayer of Jesus. We took our time uh, to walk through that prayer, and we discovered that prayer really is a conversation within the Trinity. God the Father is having a conversation with the Son through the Spirit. And as believers, as we partake in that prayer, as we participate in that prayer, Praying is just eavesdropping into what God is doing from eternity. And therefore, prayer is from God. It's God's initiative, and we are privileged to be a part of that. Uh, this was followed by a time of uh, thinking about what is a healthy church, right? We, are, there's, uh, we looked at the book of Titus, uh, and we realized that you know, a healthy church is both healthy in doctrine as well as in practice. Uh, it, it, we are safe for a purpose. We are safe to be good. Uh, the way I like to describe it is that before we can tell people the good news, we have to be the good news. We have to be an encouragement to the world and be a blessing to the world. Uh, we spent some time in uh, Egypt. You remember that time when uh, God's people were in slavery, uh, but as a result of God's promises uh, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God delivered his people uh, and there was a, a time where we are reminded that God remembers uh, even when we don't. Uh, and that's a great encouragement for us. Uh, but as soon as God delivered the people out of Egypt, very quickly did the people turn back, you know, turn against God. They complained. Uh, they started grumbling. Uh, and so that's, a, a for, that's kind of a warning for us uh, f, uh, as God's people. Uh, lastly, in terms of our major series, this is the one that we just finished where we had an intimate look at Jesus again uh, in the opening chapters of John. Uh, these are chapters where uh, the question was really asked, who is this Jesus? Uh, what has he come to do? And what were some of the reactions of the early disciples when it comes to him? Uh, we had some one or two minor series, and this is the one on a doubt, on doubt, so doubt's Okay. Christians doubt. That's not the issue. It's what we do with the doubt uh, that is important. This afternoon, I want to describe a group of people whom I call explorers. Explorers are people who believe in, in a God, right? It's just that Jesus they've got a problem with, that Jesus is unique, that Jesus is the only one whom God has chosen for all mankind to believe in and be saved. That's the problem. They have doubts about Jesus. Uh, and it's okay to have doubts, but let's Continue to deal with those doubts. Don't leave it to too late. Uh, 2019 is also the year where we celebrate our 125th anniversary. I don't know if you remember that time where we had a party. There were lots of cakes. Uh, yeah? And, uh, and during the tea, afternoon tea, I see some people smiling. Yeah? 
Uh, that was the first time where I started working with the church and insisted that we must have noodles uh, at a high tea. It, went, it was okay. <laughs> but uh, what I thought was really good was as people started telling the story of this church, we are reminded that this is a mission-centered church. Right? Mission work has always been a part of this church and prayer. And I think those are good traditions to continue. And this is all leading up to a big thanks. Right? As I look back on 2019, I realize, gee, it's been a big year. Lots, lots of things happening. But just by virtue of the fact that we, we come together on Sunday for services, uh, it, it really requires a lot of people just to get Sunday going. Uh, not, I'm talking about the office work from Monday to Friday, Chris uh, and Ed uh, and Kelly uh, and Taeyong, all, all of us putting the service together. That, that's a lot of work, plus the sermon preparation. So thank you guys for that. Uh, thanks to all the musicians, the singers, uh, the people on the sound desk, the people morning tea, afternoon tea, last supper, Sunday school. Uh, it, it just reminds me that I'm humbled by the fact that, you know, I can't run church alone. Uh, it's, it's really a team effort. That makes the next question so much more important. Uh, we've done a lot. We've taught a lot, uh, but has it made a difference? Have you grown? Have you changed? Have you deepened your relationship with Jesus as a result of all that we've done? Uh, if the answer is no, then it's very sad, isn't it? But I don't know. Here's a question that I want to start you with, New Year. Uh, that in, if, of all the things that we've said and taught, have you matured? Uh, Paul's relationship with the Corinthian church could be described as, at best, shaky. Right? It's a difficult relationship that Paul has with the Corinthian church. For Paul is the founder, Paul loves them, but you know, it, it's, it's really difficult and hard-going. Uh, the Corinthian church was, well, it was a vibrant church. Apparently, lots of uh, spiritual things were happening, and yet they were, it's not a mature church. They, the, there were problems in the church, uh, and Paul knew that by the behavior that he's describing here. And so Paul here is saying, look, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worthy. All right? That's that big distinction. When people look into the church, do they see more of the work of the Spirit of Christ or they still look at it and go, yeah, you're just like the world. Uh, in the case of the church in Corinth, Paul says, yeah, you're very, very worldly still. I know you like to think you're mature. I know you've got all good, a lot of things you can be thankful for. The giftings that the Spirit has given you is, you know, is in full blossom. You speak well. You're vibrant. But yet when it comes to the most important thing that matters, here is where you are found wanting. Uh, Paul says, you know, I, you are infants in Christ. I give you milk, not solid food. Uh, because you're not ready. Because when those behaviors are there, jealousy and quarreling and fighting, uh, are you not just like the world? Some Christians uh, remain babies in Christ. Uh, we all started off as babies in Christ. That's not, again, that's normal. Uh, we all belong to, uh, we belong to 
a race that is living under God's anger. And there is no way we can go back to God. So God has to do that work in us. Uh, we Christians call it being, being born again. It is a new birth. Our new realization that uh, we have sinned against this God. And as a result, we, we are being born again. We start again, start afresh. Uh, that's our John series. Um, and when we, when we begin as uh, infants in Christ, it's normal. We, we, we learn the basics of the Christian faith. We learn to read the Bible for ourselves. We learn to pray. We learn to trust. But eventually, we all grow up. Right? We become more Christ-like. We start to take on the characteristics of Christ. We start to be other person-centered. We start to want to serve and love other people. Uh, less of the self and more of Christ. Uh, but some Christians remain babies in Christ. In other words, they do not progress. Uh, what the research is suggesting is that there is a segment of Christians in church, any church, right? There will be a segment of people who are stuck in that category. In other words, they, they, they may have started the journey with Christ, but they never progress, which is really, really sad. And so the first thing to say is we, we probably need to take responsibility for that ourselves. Uh, yes, somebody needs to teach us. Somebody has taught us. But a lot of it depends on our own self. We need to take up the responsibility to grow in our relationship with God. Um, first thing I want to say tonight is how we live our lives matter. It matters within the church and it matters outside of the church. Because the outside is going to look in and say, are you like Christ or are you like me? Are you worthy? Um, and so, if this year has been a year where you have not been challenged to change at least one behavior, then I think we, we were not there yet. I think we continue to we need to continue to teach sharper, stronger, clearer, so that our lives are transformed. If as a church we continue to be gripped by gossip, backstabbing, complaining, jealousy and fighting, then that's not right. It's not, what, it's not the picture, it's not the purpose that God has for his church, which is the temple. Uh, last couple of weeks leading up to Christmas been crazy period, you know, in terms of just the normal Christmas days. But over and above that, I had to deal with not one but two instances of domestic violence in our church. That's very sad for me. Breaks my heart. That should not happen. And as I come out of this period, I, I was just praying to God and I say, Lord, we, we need to take sin seriously in our, our community. It is time to take holiness seriously. Because mission depends on that. And also we're kidding ourselves. If we're not dealing with this, we can say anything and run a lot of program. It's not going to make a difference. We need to take sin seriously. The kind of uh, abuse that, is, uh, that I'm dealing with is, is not just, it's not, it's not mostly physical. It's actually a lot of it. It's control. It's about power. It really is a misunderstanding of what the Bible says about headship. 
And what saddens me is that I realize that the system is the problem. Make sense? So we, church people, leaders, have a way of thinking that perpetuate this. Uh, and so going into 2020, my, I'm praying for a team of people who are not normally inside the church leadership. Right? I call them the Avengers. The Avengers are people who are, you know, they're, they're for the good, but they're actually not in the system because the system itself sometimes perpetuate a kind of problems. Like a team of people who can advise me on that, who continue to challenge me and say, Josh, this, this is not right, the way that we've dealt with these issues. And so we need to repent, right? 2020 needs to be a year where not just the minister needs to step up, I want to encourage the community to step up. See, this is not an issue that it's just minister needs to solve it. My observation has been when it comes to problems with marriage and relationship, by the time the ministers get to hear about it, it's usually three to four years too late. Does that make sense? In other words, the signs were already there. You know, people that you are fellowship with, you already see signs of things. The community needs to step up. And that's my prayer for us. I hope that we can be mission-centric and not just minister-centric. There's a difference, Right? When we are mission-centric, then all of us has a part to play together. When we are minister-centric, then we have this, you know, you do, I watch kind of a mindset. Um, the, the ministers become sometimes the bottleneck or becomes, you know, uh, a, a way where we make an excuse and so I want to stand before you and say, look, I do what I can, but I can't do this alone. I'm not the Messiah. Jesus is. My job is to keep pointing to him, and let's continue to follow him. You see that the Corinthian church is minister's focus because they're, they're all about people, right? They're all about Paul and Apostle, uh, Apollos, sorry. Uh, and so Paul writes to them and says, you know, that's get the focus right. The people who are leading, who are championing it, they are the servants, right? Focus on the purpose that God has for uh, the building, the field. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters anything. They are just servants, right? When we've done our job, we get our reward from God. But you are God's field. You are God's building. What is the purpose of the building? Paul Paul clarifies that a bit later. He says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroy God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Excuse me. Uh, what is the function of a temple? It's a place where people come to pray. And find God. Uh, when, and a temple is meant to be a holy place uh, because God is a holy God. Uh, back in Singapore, uh, I'm, I've never, never been asked to do this here, but back in Singapore, ministers uh, go and ask to do house blessing. You know, someone moves into a new house and they say, Pastor, would you come and bless my house? Uh, do they do that here? Yes? Yeah? Some? Okay, anyway. 
Uh, usually it's a big feast, a party, a housewarming, and then uh, the ministers come and do a ceremonial thing. I, I often think it's ceremonial. Uh, but the interesting thing is I've always opened up the, 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 the um, house blessing with these words. Right? There is no sacredness of space without the sacredness of lives. Let me say that again. If you want to have a pen, you want to write this down. There is no sacredness of space, any space, without the sacredness of life. A translation, you want this house to be a blessing, then you have to be a blessing. You want this house to be holy, you have to be holy. You have to walk right. And so in the same way, if God's church is to be holy, then individual lives has got to be holy. And it comes down to some very basic things. Right? It's not that complicated. It comes down to the foundation of our Christian faith. It comes down to word and prayer. Right? That's how we stay connected to Jesus Christ. He is the word uh, and he is the high priest. And so Paul talks about this foundation. That's what, that's what community Bible study is about. That's what any Bible study is about. Paul talks about this foundation and says, uh, by the grace God has given, I laid a foundation as a wise builder. Someone else is building on it. Right? Uh, each one that's building should build with care so that you know, we build on this, uh, the gospel, the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the key to our spiritual maturity and growth. Not religion and not church going. There's a book that I highly recommend for you to read. If you're interested into this, what does it look like for people to mature and grow in Christ? This book I call Move, M-O-V-E, subtitle, What 1,000 Churches Review About Spiritual Maturity. In other words, a group of researchers has gone around 1,000 churches, including very famous, big famous churches, and it just says, look, they asked a very basic question, do programs actually grow people? And the surprising answer is yes and no. Programs are good in the beginning, but in the long run, it comes down to a few fundamental things. Prayer and word is one of them. But there are distinct categories that Christian grows through, right? So they, they, they go from exploring Christ to growing in Christ, to close to Christ, to being Christ-centered. The person who is exploring Christ believes that often life is hard. You know, we're looking for some spiritual help. The, the person who is exploring Christ may believe that there is a God. Then they have no problem with that. So they may come into the church wanting to be shown, what, what does it mean to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Can you show me? And they may want to work out what does it mean, therefore, you know, to, to have our lives surrendered to Jesus. What does it mean? And that's the challenge. Right? They, may, they, may, they may believe in God, but to believe that Jesus is the one and only, Jesus is uniquely the Messiah, the chosen one, that's where they struggle with. They're not so clear about that. That you have to surrender your life to Jesus. And again, what the, what the research is revealing is there's a significant portion of people who have come to church uh, and they, they, they come exploring Christ, but after a while, they never progress from that. They become regular churchgoers. Uh, and the scary thing about this research is that the longer they come to church, the harder it is for them to become Christian. I know it's ironic, right? You would think that you know, someone who comes to church, the longer they are in the church, they should grow. 
And yet the surprising scary thing is that if we don't challenge and we don't draw the distinction for them, then we're not doing them a favor. And once they make a conviction that no, Jesus is the one, right? There is a change in the belief system. Then they start to grow in the relationship with Christ. Right? They are typically very excited. They're very involved in a lot of activities because uh, they're, they're passionate. They, 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 they have this energy, right? And then that's where the energy tapers off. In terms of activity, they don't require activity to grow them. They start to develop their own personal d- discipline. They are close to Christ. They know that you know, they, they, they have a personal relationship with Christ. That's, that's the third category. And finally, the last category is when they are Christ-centered. That's when they realize that if all of that is true, then my life is to be given away. Christ-centered. It's scary that there are people who are not maturing. Uh, There are people who are stuck in the different categories. And our job is to continue to challenge people to keep growing and keep moving, especially if, you know, people who are in the first category, where they're just exploring Jesus, but they never got to the point where they make a personal commitment to him. Uh, what the research is suggesting is that there often isn't a, an urgency, right? Because that's the sort of decision they come on Sunday uh, and they say, well, I'll think about it next Sunday. I'll think about it the next Sunday. And then after a few years, you forgot but you're still in church. Uh, Paul says that there is definitely an urgency for all of us, right? Because all of our lives, the reason why our lives matter is because in the end, there will be a day where how we build, how we live our life is going to be tested. It's going to be tested by fire. And so Paul says, if anyone builds on this foundation, the gospel, are using all different kinds of material, gold, silver, costly stone, wood, hay, uh, that's going to be reviewed and tested. The day is going to come where how we live our life is going to matter and all is going to see it. And so my encouragement for us is 2019 is over. Next year is a fresh start. Let's make a commitment together next year. There will be opportunities. But let's do it together. Let's be a community that says, you know what? Let's take sin seriously. Let's take holiness seriously. Because that's what we're meant to do. Paul says, therefore I urge you, brothers, this is the Romans 12 passage, in view of God's mercy, because God has already done this great work, uh, what we are to do is we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And then we'll be able to test and approve the will of God, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray. Our Lord, we do give you thanks for 2019. Uh, Lord, uh, yeah, some of us will have regrets, but we commit this to you, Lord. Uh, we're sorry if we've missed opportunities, uh, opportunities that we've missed to live a a witness for you, people that we should have spoken to, 
changes that we should have made, but we didn't. Uh, Lord, we want to leave that on the cross. Uh, in a few days' time, we'll start a new year. Uh, Lord, we want 2020 to be the year uh, where, beginning with ourselves, uh, Lord, we want a transformation and a reformation. In Jesus' name, amen.